When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Dustin Hawkinsmith and Johnny McGonigal. Welcome in. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Johnny McGonigal is here with me. I'm Dustin Hawkinsmith. Penn State UMass Week. Johnny, so it is a little bit on, it's got that calm before the storm feeling to it. So we don't have a ton of like hardcore stuff to get into coming out of the bye in particular, but I do want to get into a couple things that have made their way across the internet uh, and just get your take on them. What we did or didn't learn during the bye week too, you know, it was quiet. We knew what their initiatives were. I just want to kind of get your feel from the coaches and players, you know, what what they seem to, to believe they fixed or changed. And then just lastly, you know, going into a game where you're a 43-point favorite, what are you trying to get done on, on Saturday? So the, those will be the topics du jour. Let me start, Johnny, with um, two James Franklin press conference moments from the week. Um, the first where he launched into schedule, non-conference scheduling philosophy and he cited one unnamed Big Ten team with, with doing it and buying out games that they had previously scheduled to change their, their scheduling philosophy. That, in it, all of its internet glory, was reduced to one short thought, right? And it was kind of taken as James Franklin trashing Michigan or something, where if you heard or read the entire thing, that's really not what he was doing at all. Just He was just ex- using you know, one example to explain and, and Penn State doing the same thing. So what did you make of, it's got to be frustrating for a coach or player in this day and age to really go in depth about a topic and to see what the internet can do with that, which is almost never present the full thing. Yeah, Dustin, it was, it was taken completely, I think, if not completely out of context, at, at the very least, completely overblown. Um, there were a couple of tweets that went around that really caught fire that had lumped in James talking about, you know, buying out of contracts uh, with a quote that he had later in his answer saying, you have to basically, you have to do everything you can to be undefeated. And those were separated by like 200 words. Um, they, they were not back to back. It was not a direct shot and, you know, follow up to that. Uh, but, you know, Michigan fans kind of took it and ran with it on Twitter as this buyout situation. And for, for listeners, for, you know, you know, watchers of, the po- of this podcast who don't know, potentially Michigan back in 2019 canceled a home and home series with UCLA uh, before UCLA to the big 10 was a thing uh, and scheduled Hawaii and East Carolina for 2022 and 2023. Um, and honestly, and James might not have even been talking about Michigan specifically because Ohio state, uh, did the same thing because he said, yeah, a, a team in this conference. I mean, Indiana did 
the same thing with Louisville, I believe. But Ohio State back in February, uh, before again, before Washington was added to the Big Ten, Ohio State decided to cancel its home and home with the Huskies in 2024 and 2025. So it's become a, a somewhat common practice or at least uh, something that has popped up in the Big Ten uh, where they're saying, where schools are saying, hey, let's not put at risk here a loss against a Power Five team uh, in the non-conference and let's focus on preparing ourselves for what is going to be a really difficult Big Ten slate. Um, and, and that's only magnified now uh, with the upcoming additions of USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon, and all of this was in response to a question that I had, Dustin, that I was just curious. I'm like, hey, you know, with a 12-team playoff, James, you know, does your thinking on non-conference scheduling change? And uh, it, it is not. It is not. Penn State is sticking with the way that they're doing things. Uh, I thought it was a, a timely question, given that they're about to play UMass. Um, you know, they played UMass and Delaware. You know, they had West Virginia, but looking ahead to future schedules, they've got uh, Delaware back on the schedule. They've got Villanova, Ball State. Uh, Bowling Green, and so do these other schools. So do these other schools across the Big Ten. So um, it, it's a it's an approach that I understand. Uh, me and Bob talked about this a bit earlier in the week, but yeah, the the, the comments were kind of just taken taken out of context and overblown. I feel like on Twitter, uh, which never happens, Dustin. That that just you know that 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 never happens on Twitter. It's rare. It's rare. Usually so so measured, so calm, so patient. Uh, it's, it's a great platform for that. So you, I mean, and I'm going to do the internet thing now and basically just boil down everything you just said in that three minutes to say, Johnny McGonagall responsible for this firestorm. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I, look, it was a, it was a, I thought it was a benign question. You know, James had mentioned later in that answer that, you know, another team, uh, in the big 10, you know, he said that they were, you know, canceling games or whatever, but he had mentioned that another team had been following the same approach, and had done pretty well for themselves the last two years. And I think that was referencing Michigan uh, in their light non-conference scheduling. And uh, Michigan has won the Big Ten the last two years and uh, as, an, as a top five team again and potentially could repeat you know, for a third time uh, this season. Penn State fans hope that won't be the case. But I think there's something to be said that when you're playing Ohio State and Penn State uh, every year, uh, if you're Mich- in Michigan's case, if you're looking ahead, to Penn State's schedule, where they're going to be playing next year, Ohio State, USC, UCLA, Wisconsin, Washington. It doesn't make sense to have world beaters uh, on in the non-conference. Even with a 12-team playoff, you know, th- there's a world in which a 10-2 and two Penn State will make the playoff uh, at, you know, in a 12-team format. And so you think, okay, maybe there's some more wiggle room there for a premier, a marquee non-conference game. But you've got five, you know, marquee games on the Big Ten slate alone upcoming. And so uh, that's just life in the Big Ten. That's going to be life in the SEC, Uh, not necessarily in other conferences. Uh, I feel like you might see more marquee games scheduled uh, in other conferences that don't have the the grinder of a schedule that's going to be respected nationally and especially by the committee uh, like the Big Ten and the SEC will have. So we'll see if it affects things elsewhere. But for Penn State, it's, uh, it's all systems go all the same. Yeah, and I, I guess this is just kind of one of those secondary effects of moving toward super conferences is that there really is no real incentive. You know, you're going to get all the all the testing you need in the conference slate and the Big Ten sticking with nine games instead of eight. Like, there's only three opportunities instead of four. This trend was already going on, Johnny, where you try to, you know, home and homes – just weren't great for business anyway. Great, great for fans, you know, great for exposure. You get, 
you know, maybe a national broadcast out of it, like a Penn State Auburn or or whatever. But you know, home games pay the bills, and you know, you're you're trying to go undefeated. So the the big interest in college football, especially when you have a nine game schedule, are not going in that direction. Yeah, yeah. Just a quick bit on that. You mentioned home games pay the bills. I mean, Ohio State uh, to cancel its Washington home and home had to pay a, fi- a reported five hundred thousand dollar penalty to cancel that contract. They're going to make that up with, with a home game, you know, easily. So it's home games that pay the bills. And when you're when you're already going to be tested in conference, as much as fans would like to see these kind of games, and I mentioned it earlier in the week, and you mentioned that Auburn game, uh, James Franklin shot down my question down at Jordan Hare Stadium last year when I asked him, hey, are, are you interested in keeping these kind of games going? Because the fans loved it. Like walking around, you know, Auburn, like Penn State fans traveling down there had a blast. And, and those are games that are really cool. Yeah, he said no. He's like, I'm not interested in these kind of games. And there was a lot of travel implications that, you know, and, and some logistical issues that went into that trip. So maybe that was playing on his mind a bit. But no, you know, Penn State doesn't have to play Auburn or whoever uh, when they've got when they've got a gauntlet upcoming in the Big Ten looking ahead. Uh, and so I don't think you're going to see those games. You know, there, there are non-conference games scheduled through 2028 right now. Uh, so this is, you know, you're looking even a long way off uh, for potential non-con games. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see anything changing anytime soon. So you're like the thorn in James Franklin's side when it comes to non-conference scheduling. That's like, that's, that's your beat now. That's your beat. I guess. I, I mean, I'm just asking, you know, look, as, as much as, <laughs> as much as people may be interested in asking about, you know, very granular things, I, I'm interested a lot in big picture stuff. And I don't know, I, I guess he can blame me for asking the question. No, but you're right. Like the, the timing of the question last year, you know, uh, last year at Auburn and the timing of the question against UMass this year, it, it, may, it makes sense. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Speaking of thorns and sides, and I don't want to, you know, blow anybody up over this or whatever, but uh, one other thing that James Franklin kind of went across the internet for was his response to a question from Corey Geiger about, you know, the, the deep ball. And it's a frustration for all fans. It's something that everybody wants to see and, and all that. And I understand where Corey was going with his question, but James was not patient with that question. Uh, and I think the way that it was phrased opened the door for, for James Franklin to, to make it sound, you know, dumber than what it was. But that's what it, that's kind of what it was. Ta- like I just watched Rich Eisen spend five minutes um, talking about James Franklin's response to to this question. So the question was, you know, why don't you just commit to throwing a deep regardless? James kind of had a field day with how how that made his skin curl and and whatever else he he went with. But what did you make of that? Because I think you know Corey asks a lot of straightforward questions in these news conference settings. So I think the history with with Corey maybe weighed into how much grace or that James Franklin did or did not have for the question. Yeah, it was interesting to see, you know, obviously there was national reaction to it. You mentioned Rich Eisen. I think Pat McAfee and and his crew were talking about it. Um, 
It was interesting, though, to see some of the response from Penn State fans specifically, you know, fans who, you know, cover you know, or, or follow this team on a day to day basis that listen to the press conferences that are familiar with the beat writers and with Corey specifically. And Corey, you know, asks questions a lot of times that that fans have themselves. Um, and he admitted, you know, Corey even tweeted saying, look, I, you know, it was a poorly worded question or he even called it a bad question. I think there was a there was a fair question in there. It might have just, you know, it, it, it kind of devolved into, you know, especially with James' reaction. I, I don't know. I think he probably could have handled it a little bit better, too, uh, frankly. And, and also, like, he's probably sick of the topic in general. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I get it. I, like, you know, he, he's been having to answer about the deep ball, you know, since week one. And really about the wide receivers going back to Big Ten media days. And so it's a constant, you know, topic, constant point of conversation, not just you know, on the beat, but you know, fans too, like that, you know, this is something that has been irking a lot of fans. I don't want to say all of them um, because I, I don't want to put everyone into a, into a box, but it, it's, yeah. So, so the topic, the, the, the phrasing of the question and, and I don't know, like, like James this year during press conferences, he's tried to have some more fun uh, and has tried to be more loose. I mean, there was a situation with the, the coffee last week or two weeks ago. Did you get asked that question by the way? I did. I did. What what are where are you with coffee? Yeah, so I'm a big iced coffee guy first and foremost. I, I really don't drink hot coffee at all unless it's like desperation mode. Uh, I'm soft like that. I need iced coffee uh, even in November and December, which maybe doesn't make me soft. I, I recommended to him the Dunkin' cold brew with sweet cold foam. Uh, that's that's pretty good, and it's only like 80 calories. And I missed the part early in the press conference where he said that. He was on a fasting or something like that, so he needed it to be zero calories. So that created a little bit of a, you know, a fun dialogue. So he's he's tried to stay loose, right? He, he, I think he's it helps being five and zero. Oh, it helps you know playing the way that they're playing and being a top five to ten team, depending on who you ask. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think the the exchange with Corey yesterday. Uh, yeah, I, we're recording this on Thursday, so two days ago. Uh, just watching it unfold from the Zoom, it was a little awkward, uh, and and obviously a lot of people took it and ran with it, uh, and, and especially too with social media, it can be easy just to like pile on people uh, and and just throw stuff out, and you know that that's kind of one of those situations that you know, everyone wanted to say something, and that's just Twitter, that's social media. I think Corey, I, I hate to spend a ton of time, but I think uh, Corey is a, is a well intentioned guy. You know, I think I think he's a nice guy who who owns this type of stuff, but he's got a certain reputation out there for you know things that that he does ask at, at press conferences, and that kind of preceded him. But I think he I think he owned it. I think he he took you know whatever responsibility needed to be taken for that, and it's just a tough thing to be dragged on social media uh, in general, especially when like I think like you said there was there was a nugget of a good question in there uh, that just ro- got rolled into this thing, so. Just looking at the week as a whole, uh, I, I'm just curious, like, what did, what, you know, like, piqued your interest or what did you feel like was something new that came out of their game prep, whatever, whatever you heard from Mike Yersich or, or James Franklin or Manny Diaz, like, what, you know, what did the bye week really get done? Yeah, it's, it was interesting because last week we got to talk to, you know, Mike Yersich, uh, Manny Diaz, even Chuck Losey. Uh, the strength and conditioning coach. And, you know, they, they had some nuggets here and there and they were, but they, they also didn't want to give 
uh, too much away. I think I think you know we were just talking about the deep ball and everything. I think there's still that question at receiver uh, beyond Keandre Lambert Smith. They're waiting on Harrison Wallace the third to come back, and something that Yurcic really focused on and said that it's a big concern was the uh, the route running and the communication between the receivers and Drew Aller, and, and that's something that they that they needed to get cleaned up. Uh, over the bye week. And I think it even extends like everything that they said last week and even going into the bye week when they say, hey, we need to get it cleaned up over the bye week. I think that extends into this week as well, because all due respect to UMass, they're 43 point dogs for a reason. Like this can be viewed as almost like a tune up uh, for Ohio State for that trip upcoming to Columbus next weekend. And so the communication between the receivers, I think they want to get the ground game going a little bit better. Definitely, you know, there's been some frustration with Nick Singleton uh, in particular. Uh, you know, he hasn't been able to pop a long one yet. I think his long this season is a 19-yard rush against Iowa. I would expect him to get a couple against UMass, uh, given how much, how many big plays that their defense has given up so far, uh, especially on the ground. I think that was the focus on offense and keeping things also keeping things copacetic, keeping things going well, the, the things that they're doing, you know, building on that because, you know, they haven't turned the ball over yet. Drew Aller specifically has not thrown an interception. There hasn't been a strip sack. There hasn't been, you know, there's been sudden change situations on special teams that the defense has had to react to, but not from the offense. And so I think continuing to play that complimentary, complimentary football between the offense and defense, I think is something that they can continue to build on and continue to do well at. And as far as, you know, what we're going to see on Saturday when the, when the outcome is not really in question, uh, I think you're looking for, you know, achievements that go beyond like the, the final score. So, you know, you mentioned, you know, getting the ground game going better. Like I, I feel like if Penn State comes out of this with the ground game going better, that would mean more than like if they don't take a deep shot in this game. Like I think the ground game w- would mean a lot more. Uh, no matter what, like, cause you know, you can say like UMass has struggled against, against the run. They've struggled giving up yards in general. They've struggled, they've struggled giving up points in general, but you know, Northwestern had struggled against the run and Illinois had, had struggled defensively going into the Penn state game, getting that done, no matter what caliber run defense you're facing, I think is, is a big deal. Yeah. It's good for confidence. Um, you know, whether you're Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, Trey Potts, or if you're the offensive line, uh, or even if you're Mike Yersich, uh, the offensive coordinator, to be more confident in the running game. I don't think they're I don't think they're lacking confidence in the run game right now because they know what they have. They've seen Nick Singleton and Katron Allen do what they've done last year. I do think just a very small piece of this. I think they're missing Brenton Strange a bit at tight end. Like his blocking uh, was critical, especially on those off tackle runs. Impactful, impactful blocking. Very impactful. Um, I mean, you look at the Auburn game. I mean, he sprung. Um, I believe it was, I believe it was the Auburn game that he sprung Nick loose. Uh, and so I, I think there's just some things to clean up there. You mentioned the deep ball. I, I wouldn't be surprised though, given the discourse of the week, if they dial up a deep ball on the first play. And I think Neil Riddell actually tweeted that, uh, from the Altoona mirror. He tweeted, yeah, you know, you just, you go ahead and chalk it up. First play 50 yard bomb, the Keandre Lambert Smith. I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, because because James can be James can be a little petty, um, and and he can he, he remembers things. He remembers things. Speaking of that, there was there was a video um, of Penn State throwing a deep ball at practice where James yelled, "Just throw it deep." So we've already seen that. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's happening in practice. Maybe it happens on Saturday. <laughs> we'll see. 
<laughs> uh, we have uh, not a lot of drama. I do have Penn State going six for six covering point spreads. Uh, I think I picked it 60 to nine. I don't know where I got the nine from or the 60, but just felt like a lot of points on one end, not very many points on the other. And my my big thing in this is that I feel like Penn State's twos are going to outplay UMass's ones if or when that occurs in the second half. So I think that's where typically you give up points against the spread, where I think Penn State's going to stretch its lead in that situation. Yeah, I think I have Penn State winning uh, 48 to 14, so they they wouldn't cover uh, in that scenario. And it's funny, like there's James, you know, started off his Tuesday press conference. No one no one wrote about this at all. Uh, but he was praising a lot of the, you know, the the talent, and I guess maybe not the talent necessarily, but the just some of the numbers that UMass's offense has put up. Oddly enough, it's the most explosive offense Penn State has faced so far this season. They have significantly more plays of twenty yards or more than Iowa, than Northwestern, than Illinois, and I know that's a low, low bar. Uh, but they have, I think, thirty-five plays of twenty yards or more, which is in the upper third of the FBS so far this season. So. I think against the twos and the threes, like I think there might be a scenario or two where UMass could get a backdoor cover, a backdoor touchdown. But I, I do say I, I see Penn State rolling in this early uh, and just making sure the guys are healthy. I, I think if anything, before Ohio State, there might be a quicker pull, a quicker trigger uh, to take guys out of the game, uh, particularly Drew, uh, Olu. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Olu plays like a few series uh, and if they're able to score on the first three drives, it's like, OK, like get him out, make sure he doesn't get hurt. Um, so I think we're going to see some of that on Saturday, as long as things go to plan. You know, there's a chance that it doesn't go to plan. And, and we're just overlooking the Minutemen here. But I, I think Penn State's going to be able to roll, roll early and let their young guys play. Yeah, there's um, a lot of incentive for as far as injury goes, as far as development of some of these guys who, who need reps go. You said there's a chance, not a great chance of, of this not going to, to plan. But the Minutemen might have something to say. So we'll see. Penn State, a huge favorite for that one. Uh, I don't think they're going to be guilty of overlooking this game to get to Ohio State, even though a lot of fans are going to. Uh, that's Johnny McGonagall. I'm Dustin Hawkinsmith for this edition of the Blue White Breakdown. Check out everything we're doing leading up to, to UMass, certainly leading up to Ohio State next week uh, on PennLive.com slash Penn State Football. And you can download the Blue White Breakdown anywhere you can get your podcasts. And we'll see you next time here on the Blue White Breakdown. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.